Hello, welcome to another episode of Give Me Five. The part of the show, or the episode rather, where I've got five questions for Gary. He's got five questions for me. We do not know what they are, but what about him, Gary? What about those questions? We will always answer them honestly, Mr. Philip. Always be honest. Always. Gary, would you care to go first or second this week? Whoa. Um, geez, you really put one on me, but uh, because, you know, the element of cheesy twists from last week's movie, I'll go first. Okay. I'll go first. So this is a game called uh, More or Less Tom Clancy Facts More or Less Edition. Basically, I have three Tom Clancy facts um, that have to do with numbers. The reason being Tom Clancy wrote the book that last week's movie is based on. And just, you know, you tell me, is it more or less? Does it make sense? Yes, I think I shall follow. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so how how much money have the all the Tom Clancy movies ever made raked in overall? Keep in mind, he, The Hunt for Red October came out, I think, early '90s, and wow. they've had a lot, you know, come out um, as of now. Yep. Uh, how much money is it more or less than eight hundred million dollars? I think that you're really trying to sell me on the over. With keep in mind how long it's been, so I'm gonna go with the under. Nice. So I wasn't trying to, but that's a good point because it it is under just barely seven hundred and seventy nine million and some change. Nice one for one. Next one. How many books did Tom Clancy write? I'm not counting the ones in the franchise that have been written by like the new Ghost Riders. Just you know, yeah. up until his death, which he he wrote his last book like a year before he died. How many more or less than twenty? More or less than twenty. That seems so low to me. So I don't know that you would go that low and not have it be around the right number. Like, I don't think that this is a, a an instance where you would give me 20 and the real number is like 100 or even like five or something. Obviously, I know it's not five. So I'm going yeah, to have to imagine. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with I'm going to have to go with. Wow, I'm going to have to go with under. Well, Philip, you are correct. According to my calculations, he wrote 19 books. 19, yeah. very close, but um, still a, a lot, a lot of books. Okay, last but not least, at the time of his death, what was his net worth? Did he have more or less than $100 million to his name? Wow. You know what? I feel like, ooh. Okay, so here's the thing. I feel like it would be less, especially if it was now, if he had the notoriety that he had now, uh, that he had then, that he has now. But I think <laughs> I think back back when he rose to prominence, there still was a lot of people reading books and reading in general, uh, especially in that format. So I think that he actually did sell a fair amount of books. I think this is the more piece that you will give me. Yes, you are absolutely right. Because think about, I mean, he died in 2013 and the Rainbow Six games had come out. There were movies, you know, books and books and yeah. books, maybe a TV show in there. So 300 million bucks. My guy got that bread while he was here. So good for you, Tom Clancy and Tom Clancy's family who will never have to work again. Yeah, way to go. Enjoy, enjoy life. All right, my turn. Is it my turn? Yes, I'm sorry, my audio went out, but Philip, it is absolutely your turn. Fantastic. Gary, there is a new article out by Bloomberg that shows that the U.S. has lost its population late to China. 
with multiple factors leading to this, including to a lack of births within the U.S. and a general lack of immigration numbers, both helping to curb the advantage that America had previously been on the upswing. One note of worth was that the amount of children groups uh, had proposed to wanting was up to 2.6. So essentially people that were eligible to want to get children, um, the amount that they would want would be 2.6 per average household. Uh, but with economic factors leading to most couples saying that they could only handle 1.4 kids per household. I say all of this to ask you, Gary, how many kids, if any, would you like to have, ideally? So I actually was against it for a long time because of, of climate change. I was like, we already have too many people in the world. I, we don't need to bring in any more. There's a lot of kids who could be adopted out there. I watched a documentary about adoption. It's pretty eye-opening. Speaking of 300 million, I think that's about how many kids there are. Sorry, 30 million you know, kids or orphans in the world. Um, but um, I've been open to it, especially because my current girlfriend, who I love very much, wants to have kids. Um, honestly, I want... I want two because I want more than one. I was essentially an only child for most of my life. And I think it would have been good for me, like mentally to have a sibling close to my age because I didn't, I was kind of spoiled and I didn't know how to handle, you know, certain things because it was always just me and my mom. Um, But I don't want any more than two because of financial reasons. But if I have one, I mean, he might be, he or she might be messed up. I mean, what if I have like a serial killer? I have to have one kid who's normal. So I'm going to give it two tries. All right. Sounds good. And of course, if you have twins, then you'll be one and done. Exactly. Exactly. Unless by, you know, the the Lord's, you know, interference, I somehow have another by accident. But two is where I cap it off. All right. Go ahead, Gary. Man, speaking of, of the nuclear family, Bill and Melinda Gates recently announced their divorce, which shan't like legit shockwaves through everyone, myself included, because growing up, I listened to a lot of NPR and I still do now. And every hour there's a, you know, this has been funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So it was pretty surprising to hear that they had split up. So they're definitely one of the all time power couples in terms of what they've done. I mean, for, you know, the third world and funding a lot of public things, art, you know, things of that nature. So I want to ask you, tell me your all-time power couple, you know, celebrity or otherwise, and and why? Hmm. Well, all right, let me think about this. This, (laughs) I think you're going to disagree with me on this. I think that you're absolutely going to disagree with me on this, and I might get flack on this for people that at least watched or know. But my Donald and Melania. No, 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 no. Well, but weirdly <laughs> close when I tell you who this weirdly. is. We oddly close. I'm gonna go with Frank and Claire Underwood from House of Cards. And here's why. I I, I don't agree. Wow. Yeah, I, okay. I don't agree with their methods. I don't agree with with a lot of what they did. Obviously, okay, if you don't understand who I'm talking about, from House of Cards, Netflix's first original series, uh, House of Cards. Frank and Claire Underwood. Who who played Clara? Clara. Because I've never seen the show. I know Kevin Spacey was Frank, right? Oh, dude. You need to watch, like, the first three seasons. Sincerely. I, I've never seen it. Trust I know. Me. Trust me. You will enjoy that. You will very much enjoy it. The acting is very good, even though it is coming from Kevin Spacey. Uh, but it's Robin Wright. 
tremendous performances for both. I want to even say Robin Wright. I think wow. she won a couple of Emmys for her portrayals. That's and how she, she she's like the anchor of the show right now since he's left, right? The show ended since he left. There was one season after he left. Uh, and, and it was her. Uh, and okay. It, and it ended. So I did not watch the final season or maybe even the final two seasons. I forget. Because it did have a, a tremendous fall. Uh, both with and without him there that's pretty much consensus across the board but uh i very much urge you to watch the first three seasons you will absolutely love it i i <laughs> i guarantee it that's what happens that's who i would pick as my ultimate power couple again don't nice. agree with what what they did don't agree with everything that happened about them but i their they were a couple who they were, had power. They were very much a power couple who complemented each other excessively nice. well. Gary, news recently broke that Dave Bautista is looking for greener pastures after Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is in the can. The Dax the Destroyer actor has cited age being his main deterrent to continue on with the role. Gary, I think we can agree that this is... Wait a second. Hold up. Pump the brakes, really? So he's going to skip out on Guardians 3? This is news to me no, at no, this no, moment. No, not that he's skipping out. It's after Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is done. That will be his last Oh, film. you said you said in the can. I was like, oh my yeah, goodness. Once, okay. Once it's in the can. His last Marvel film or his last film? Sorry. You know what? You know what's going on. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it just essentially that once he's once this film is done, that he will be done playing Dax the Destroyer. That's uh, the that's the idea, and so therefore I'd imagine that would of course go across all Marvel films appearances, yada yada yada. Gary, I think we can agree that this is one of those times that the casting director did a fantastic job, as now it seems absurd that anyone else could have possibly played the character nearly as well with Bautista seemingly born for the role. Who is your favorite role for an actor who seemed born to play said role, Gary? Hmm. <sighs> well, okay. You know, part of me wants to say like, oh, you know, um, Marlon Brando as Don Corleone, but okay. It's funny that, that you bring up... I don't think that that's even a good comp because it was played terrifically uh, in the following year or two. I mean, later. he would... By Robert De Niro, same role. True, true. And, but it's, uh, I mean, it's like, it's, it's iconic, right? But it's funny that you bring up Batista because I would actually say my choice, it's kind of similar to that. This is a person who was incredibly ripped and came from the athletic world and did play a role of someone who doesn't talk very much, but is absolutely amazing in that role and I, I I mean this person he makes the franchise it's one of the most iconic roles of all time and only he could play it because of his physique and how he is can you guess what I'm talking about I'm guessing it's The Rock but I don't know what role this would be no at, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator oh I mean, he is, he doesn't need to talk. He doesn't have a lot of acting skill, but he can deliver those lines perfectly. He's absolutely intimidating. And um, it, just seeing him stalk through the movie on a motorcycle with a shotgun, it's its iconic. Just, I mean, he is, I mean, of course, Sarah Connor, you got to give her some credit, but Arnold is Arnold, man. Absolutely. He's, he's absolutely my choice. All right. Very good. Uh, Gary, it goes to you. Okay, so kind of big news this week. Um, five states are poised to allow college athletes to profit from their fame starting on July 1st, and the NCAA's leader struck back and says that the association is preparing to respond. We'll see how this plays out. But this one is a two-parter. So tell me where you stand on the, on the athletes getting paid argument. And 
Uh, if you could have played any sport at any college, where would it have been? What sport would you have played? Because for me growing up, believe it or not, I wanted to be the quarterback for the University of Texas Longhorns. So that was like my dream. I was like, I'm, I'm going to play football at UT Austin. Man, this is like the greatest football school of all time. It was my dream, man. So tell me what, what yours was. Well, okay, so on the first part of that two-parter, I would say definitely I, I don't... <laughs> Everybody else can can have a job while while being. I don't understand why athletes can't. It, it seems to be everything's geared towards forcing them to align themselves to have a career within sports. But yet, that's not the reality of the vast, vast, vast majority of athletes in college sports. Uh, so, it, it allowing them to uh, go outside and make a name off their likeness, even if they are the second uh, up and coming cornerback in Alabama, if they can make money, by all means, go ahead. There are people who will choose and make their own decisions. That's part of the libertarian streak in me, I suppose, uh, where I'm like, if you can make it, go ahead and make it. Maybe maybe have some light restrictions to where, I don't know, if they're making a certain amount of money for a signing day, then then they you have to give ample time to the, the, the female team counterparts or something. So that way it's just not completely all that money flow in case it goes directly into just men's football or just men's basketball. If it's shared, which I'm sure that they'll try to do, it doesn't get all just tunneled into the men's sports. It needs to go into both sides. But outside of that, you know what? Honestly, if, if, the, if they can make money off of their name and likeness, why not? People have made lots of money. Lots more money for a lot less work. And uh, just because they're social, give them a platform, give them a brand if they have it already and let them enjoy it. As per And rare, honestly, yeah. a, a lot of these guys and women, their entire careers could be ended with an injury at any given moment. Absolutely. I mean, and their scholarship could be taken away. It happens all the time. It's unfortunate, you know? but there have been deaths even in college sports that are yeah. very yeah. very much outliers, but still remain to be a, a, a small possibility for each and every one of them, if not uh, life-deterring uh, life injuries that can you for the entirety of your life where it's not just career threatening it's you know you won't ever be able to bend down to pick up your kids or something those are actual real possibilities that can happen anyways uh but to the lighter side of the question where would i have played you know what i think i would have been a one and done player from duke not like basketball is something i wish i was better at basketball that's just such a nice thing to just pull out of your bag but uh, I just really, really think that having that that uh, tool in my bag, being able to go back there and be welcomed as a Duke Aggie, uh, it, the, both the, the, the degree means something. And then on top of it, it's it's held with prestige in the basketball world. Yeah. Wait, so it would have been basketball, you're saying? You would have been a one-and-done Duke basketball player. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, even though basketball itself, uh, beyond in the career aspect of it, I'm not necessarily sure that that's the, the field of play I would have, I would have chosen. Uh, but if you're asking me specifically in college, it's a no-brainer for me. I, I wouldn't go to college yeah. football. I wouldn't go to college polo or anything yeah. else. It would have been college basketball with Duke. It's... It just it's it stands alone at the top, and it's it's just a the fact that the school is is genuinely good as well. It comes with some prestige to say that you attended Duke University. Uh, it it's all just makes for a much better, uh, much better college experience. All right, Gary, we go back to one of our favorite segments with the game my sister gifted me at Christmas. Remember, 
I will draw a card and ask you the film trivia question. If you answer correctly, you shall get a point. If not, you shall fail and lose a point. Gary, since we must do eight separate questions because of the way the card is formatted, I must remind us both that you can win with five more correct answers, lose with five or more incorrect answers, or tie with only four right and four wrong answers. Gary, are you ready? Yeah, so is this am I gonna be another psychological experiment this week where you like repeat five questions? I mean let, let let's see what happens. I mean I'm nervous, my stomach hurts because of all the coffee and this game, so I'm I'm ready. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do it. Absolutely. Gary, the twenty seventeen reboot of the Saw franchise was titled after which main suspect? Um, you know, it's so funny. I saw that movie and um, there was like a five-year-old in the theater and it was really awkward and the parents ended up taking him out. But I, uh, mm, it was named after w- which villain? Uh, Jigsaw. Oh, well, it was Mitch main suspect. But either way, you are correct. The film is and the suspect was Jigsaw. You are on the po- board positively. Which thriller movie's title is an anagram of truths and lies? Oh my, uh, which, which thriller movies, Truths and Lies, let, let's get, dude, I don't know, um, this is unfair. that's on the, that's on the card? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Which thriller um, movie's title is an anagram of Truths and Lies? L- little Women, dude, I, I will never get this right, yeah, so just tell Island. me. Wow, you know, it's funny, it makes sense for the movie, but... Uh, I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. Why must the characters in a quiet place stay silent? Okay. How much flexibility are you gonna give me on this? Because I mean, because the monsters fair. in the movie have have like a amazing hearing ability. They yeah, they that's, that's you fair. know track and attack through audio. Yeah. The the card says they are trying to evade predatory creatures that hunt only by sound. I will certainly give you that. Point. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. What is the character Dom Cobb's primary objective? Oh, excuse me. Let me re- let me rephrase. What what is the character Dom Cobb's primary objective? What is the character Dom Cobb's primary objective in the movie Inception? <laughs> Jeez Louise. Okay, so can I give you two because it is no. perfor- it's 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 to perform no. Inception, but it's to get it's to get back to his kids. Which 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 one do you want? It's to get back to his kids. Yes, to get home. Yeah, is the thing. But again, I will give it to you because I am a fair, like-minded universe. Thank uh, you. Being which a great movie, by the way, that will never stop being great. Absolutely. Which, yes. Which famous director returned with the box office hit? Split in 2017. M. Night Shyamalan. I don't know how to say his last name. Shyamalan. Yes. Yes. What was the title of Stephen King's first novel, which was made into a film two years after publication? Three. The name of Stephen King's first one. Uh, Poltergeist. No, Carrie. No way. It was was Carrie. Oh man, yeah, that's good. That's good. Should have known. All right, last one. You need to get one of these two. You are at four and two in the correct category. So Uh, if I I just get one, one get a winning week. Okay. Here we go. All right. Which actress starred in the thriller movie 
And I'm only going to give you three seconds here. Girl on the train. Three, two, Emily Blunt. One, and there we go. Mary Poppins returns, and so does Gary. In a winning week this week. Way to go. Buddy. I actually uh, totally almost spaced. I, I almost said Daisy Ridley because I was thinking of Orient Express. Yes. Ah, yes. Emily Blunt. Yes. yes. And last one for Poops and Giggles. Who directed the 1972 rural thriller Deliverance starring Burt Reynolds? <gasps> oh, ooh. I want to hear you squeal like a pig. Um, I truly have no no yeah. idea, so I will say Robert Redford. Absolutely not. It is John Borman. John okay. Borman. Never never have I heard of John Borman. I'm sure he's great. That movie's pretty messed up, but uh, shout out to John. Yeah, way to go, John. All right, go ahead, Gary. All right, this is another Phillips opinion question because I just realized... Um, okay, so let me give you some backstory. Historically, I don't like getting licked by dogs. I don't like what? licky dogs. Okay, well, this is well. That's pretty much that's pretty much the question. my question right there. A- until until I got my current puppy, um, she's a pit bull. She's lovely, and she gives kiss attacks all over my face. And for what? Because she's so cute. I I mean, I let her lick my mouth now. And six months ago, I would have been like, "You're you're disgusting for letting your dog do that." But for some reason now, I let her do it, and I feel like people are very strongly on one side or the other. So I mean, t- get a little bit more into that because you've got Elway. I mean, tell me about um, you know how you feel about getting getting licked by dogs yeah yeah no it is uh absolutely disgusting uh there is no thing in the world i find to be more disgusting than how some people interact with their dogs uh (laughs) i don't know if i can give a stronger opinion i've seen people i've seen people literally let dogs lick off their plate uh they're just finished with their steak and then they let the dog they just put the plate down the dog goes and eats it they lick off the plate i definitely do that because i like how happy she gets when she gets to have my like bean like residue from my plate from my tacos yeah yeah well i mean i just i uh, how do i word this that's not totally offensive i find the miss <laughs> i i just find it to be completely unsanitary now i will say this i am a bit of a clean freak i am a bit of a germaphobe so that doesn't help uh, in these things, I, I completely admit to that. I own up to that. Uh, I am the type of person who is, um, how do I word this? I am the type of person who will be, uh, like I wear gloves to eat pizza. Like I just don't like grease. I don't like, um, I don't like a lot of things. So I'm very much a very conscientious person towards germ of germs and, and what so. But I'm not like obsessively disgusting. Like I, I can shake hands and yada, yada, yada. Anyways, the point being, uh, it doesn't help that I'm allergic to dogs. Even though I own a dog and it's redundant. I If I were to be licked by a dog, I'd start to get itchy. So that doesn't help. Uh, I don't mind a dog licking like my hands, licking like my knees or licking my feet, whatever it is reproductive areas i'm just i'm out enjoy everybody enjoy spreading whatever it is that you guys got together i I, whatever enjoy i'm out i'm so out it's not even funny i guess we're not gonna be making out after the podcast anymore thanks a lot man tonight really looking forward to that put on my chip my my chair chapstick but whatever oh well well, i guess uh, your dog's gonna be enjoying it gary metacritic (laughs) has released its list of the 15 
Worst Movies of 2020. Not a whole lot I found on there that I had actually seen, only one film actually, and I didn't find it to be worthy of being on said list. Shia LaBeouf's The Tax Collector being that film. But I ask you, Gary, when seeing a list such as this, as this, excuse me, do you find it to be something of a challenge or a list to actively stay away from? What, if anything, could I do to persuade you to watch all 15 films and to give me a three-word summary of what you thought of each film? <laughs> Jesus, all 15? Uh, well, the, the one advantage uh, I would I say actually, is that a lot of them are, from what I saw, thrillers slash horror slash films. Uh, so they should be on the shorter oh. side. They're not like long, drawn-out films. Mmm, well, okay, so here's my thing. You know, I love watching all types of movies, and stuff like this can be kind of fun for me, but my time in my week is pretty freaking packed with this and, you know, other stuff that I got going on. So to, to get me to watch all of them, I would... <sighs> Probably wants to say, give me tickets to a Suns playoff game, but just get me tickets to 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 a Suns game. I mean, it can be the twenty buck tickets to you know a, a crappy team, but you know for for you know twenty thirty bucks worth of professional basketball, I would I would watch some movies. Wow. Okay. And then yeah. And then the other part of the the question, when seeing a list such as this, do you find it to be something of a challenge? Or a list to stay away from. You mean as a person who watches movies, or yeah, you know, right. as like for for the creators? No, no, no. I'm saying because definitely you, not for the creators. No, no, definitely not for you oh. yourself. If you see this list and you read it and you go through and you you read it, are you actively staying away from the films that are in this list, or do you see it as a challenge to be like, well, maybe this mm. film I kind of had interest in watching it. Maybe it's not as bad as they say. Which side of the coin do you fall? I actually fall on the coin of of challenge or it, it piques my interest because I want to see why I got the bad reviews or if it's like a universally hated movies like the one that I had to watch Sea of Trees. It was a terrible movie, but I had a, a good time watching it being like, this is like the worst stuff I've ever seen. So, yeah, I don't think I've ever wanted to watch everything off of a list. Like if you were to show me all the Razzie winners, I wouldn't want to watch all of them, but I'm definitely like, OK. I, I, I do want to check it out a little bit. I don't think it's a waste of my time, really. And also, I do think it's useful as a you know writer to look at like what not to do, which is sometimes a lot more helpful than trying to like steal like what should I do. It's like, okay, definitely don't do what they did. Definitely don't say there's a duffel bag of money below decks because that's just lazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, Gary, it is your turn. Well, man, exciting news. My birthday is 10 days away, which I'm actually Whoa. terrified. Uh, I know, right? Thank you. I'll be, well, I'll be 25, which I keep on thinking, man, I'm halfway for 30. I'm halfway to 30. I still haven't done, you know, everything that I want to do. There's this pressure with social media to be successful, but I'm, you know, it is just exciting. I'm going to see a concert in Oklahoma. It's going to be a good day. But I want to ask you. You know how, like, depending on how well you know me, I want you to pitch me. You know, maybe thirty seconds. The perfect birthday party for me. You know, if you had a bunch of money, how how would you celebrate me? Well, if I was to celebrate you and to throw a surprise birthday party, I actually find this to be a rather easy, easy task. Just in in theory. I would get you, we would start off the night as a group, we would get, if I could somehow rig it to where 
we would get tickets to the Suns game and it was a double overtime, high scoring affair. Uh, that would be a great night. Yes. A great way to start the night. Against the Lakers. Sure, against yeah. the Lakers. That way yeah. you get it to LeBron. And then we, could, we could see our LeBron, yeah. Yes, absolutely. We follow that by going to a pub of your choice and getting a, a selection of beer, not just Ooh. one beer, but like one of those where they bring out the wooden thing and there's like eight beers for you to, to sample. Uh, that would a be, flight. Yeah, a flight. There we go. Thank you. Absolutely, man. And oh, then, I love flights. Oh, my then, gosh. You're already tickling me. Ooh. Well, there we go. And by the end of the night, our final thing <laughs> would be to go to the drive-in and all camp out of somebody's truck or something and watch a film that just recently came out that you were excited to watch, but it's an action film, so that way you don't feel cheated by getting out in a drive-in. You still get the full experience of, like, a big screen having a community to watch it with yada 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 amen okay so that's actually the most lovely day i could think of so we're gonna go to a sun's double overtime game where we beat lebron but he drops like you know 120 points well i, know, um, I never said that they and- beat lebron <laughs> True. I mean, I, I, if, if we're going to lose to anybody, I you know, it's got to be him. And yeah. then we're going to go have some beer flights. We're going to go to the pub and then we're going to watch a movie. That's that is. Perfect. Thank you, man. You're so sweet. I love it. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, that was your last one, right? That was my last one. All Happy right. birthday to me. Happy and birthday. if I don't wake up on the 18th with sun's tickets at my feet, I am going to be pretty disappointed. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, Gary. My final one, in honor of our accompanying film to this Give Me Five, Tom Clancy's Without Remorse on Amazon, I have a game. The film is chock full of weapons, but more importantly, a lot of silencers on guns. Like a lot, a lot. So I found an article online of the top 10 most silent places on earth. I'm going to give you two locations in alphabetical order, and I want you, Gary, to tell me which location ranked quieter are you ready yes i'm intrigued let's let's get into it all right first up kilder miles england which Mm -hmm. uh and the description is northumberland's kilder mile myers england's largest area of blanket bog was found to be the quietest place in britain a few years ago based on factors such as the from the nearest road or flight path or land Manaluger in Iceland. With ideal open roads, not only can you go miles without seeing anyone, there are some incredibly silent volcanic patches all throughout Iceland. Is it Kilder Miles, England, or Landemalager, Iceland? I'm going to go with Landemalager because I just generally, Iceland seems more remote and it would have less people. So that, that is my choice. All right, you are on the board for being wrong. It was Kilder Miles, England, oh, ranked wow. at number five to Lanamalagers, uh, number six. All right, number uh, the second one we got here. Fun one to start off with, that funny show. Kelso Dunes, Mojave Desert, United States. Uh, the Mojave Desert is famed for its vistas and harsh living environment, which accounts for its lack of wildlife, planes, or cars. The scorching- Dude, this is cool. You're, you're like a... You're like a tour guide. Absolutely. The Mojave Desert is famous for it. Yeah, this is great. This is great. Keep yeah. going. The scorching summer heat keeps run-of-the-mill visitors away, leaving any intrepid travelers to enjoy the sound of silence. Or, or 
Zurich, Switzerland. A survey done earlier this year identified the Swiss city uh, and the least noise polluted in the world based on people's hearing ability assessed from 200,000 hearing tests worldwide and research from the World Health Organization on noise pollution across 50 locations. Was it the Kelso Dunes in the Mojave Desert, United States, or Zurich, Switzerland? This is insane because one is a, is an actual city that I have heard of that has people who live and poop and have sex and do all those things, and the other is a dune. But for some reason, I feel like you're pulling some fill stuff here. But for another reason, I think that you know that I'm going to think that. So I'm going to go with the simple choice, the desert dunes. All right. You are on the board for a correct answer. Of course, it's Kelso. Yeah. Uh, ranked at number four to Zurich, Switzerland's number seven. Third. Here we go. And That's, I mean, Zurich is number seven on, yeah. on like a quiet scale. That's... I mean, that's amazing. I'm, I want to go live in Zurich. I hate noise. Absolutely. Third, here we go. And God help us all. Mac Gadik Gadi Pans in Botswana, <laughs> which uh, the description is spanning 3,900 square kilometers. The Mac Dagadi Pan is one of the world's largest salt flats which sits in the middle of a dry desert in northeast Botswana. It is all that remains of the defunct Maktagadi Lake, and the only plant life is a thin layer of blue and green algae. Very little wildlife exists in the area during the dry season, but that all changes following the rains, so this should only be on the list for certain months of the year, strictly speaking. Uh, or, or Olympic National Park, Washington, U.S., Apparently, the park contains the largest intact coniferous forest across the lower 48 United States and has one of the most pristine, untouched, and ecologically diverse environments in the country. It is frequently monitored, monitored for possible noise intrusions. Is it Makdagat? Hold on. Makgadikgadi. There we go. Makgadikgadi, Pans, Botswana. Or Olympic National Park, Washington, United States. I'm gonna say because there's such a, a lush environment in the national park, I'm gonna go with. I'm not even gonna try. I'm just gonna say Botswana. Botswana. You are absolutely incorrect. It was the Olympic National Park, ranking number three overall on the list. Dude. Botswana <laughs> uh, is ranked number eight. You have to stop delivering bad news with your you are absolutely It just crushes you. Incorrect. It just absolutely destroys yeah. you, doesn't it? <laughs> All right, fourth it does. Fourth on this list, second to last one, we've got Antarctica. This frozen continent has never been permanently occupied by man with no towns or villages and a landscape only broken up by the odd research station or expedition hut or or field laboratories in Minnesota, United States. This anechoic chamber tours its facilities and can be booked through its website, but it warns that visitors cannot be in the chamber alone for any significant amount of time without supervision. Journalists, however, have been left alone there in the dark, most lasted for less than 20 minutes, tortured by the absence of noise, apart from the sound of their own bodies. It was at Antarctica or Orfield Laboratories. So I've I've read about this place and yeah it, it, it can like drive you insane. Um, I'm gonna go with the 
the lab because that's kind of the purpose of it, right? Yeah, that's my guess. And you are correct. Orfield Laboratories ranks in at number two on this list. And Antarctica is all the way down at number nine, even though it is pretty fair and barren. So Antarctica is more noisy than Zurich. That's no, I need yeah, to get yeah. to Zurich. That's that's incredible. That's what you're, okay, that's so what you're slowly I'm, learning here. You're right. So th- thank you for this amazing advertisement for Zurich. I'm two and two. I got to get this last this one. This last one I'll determines have. it all. Absolutely. A winning, winning week because of the cards. Yes. Yes. Fifth and final. Here we go. Building 87, located out of Washington, United States. The silent space created by the tech company for optimal audio and device testing is another anechoic chamber, a room insulated from exterior sounds and designed to absorb all reflections of sound and electromagnetic waves inside. Uh, or, Takbija Chinote in Mexico, or Mexico, uh, the cathedral-like underwater caves of the Yucatan Peninsula are among the last unspoiled places in the world. Among its nearly 7,000 caves, the Takbija Chinote is said to be one of the quietest with... Uh, with the odd cave ushering a whisper from here and there what which one is it building 87 out of washington or is it takbiha kanote which takes number one on this list gary um because when you were reading the description for the place in mexico you said one of the i'm gonna say that i'm gonna go with my gut say it's the the lab again, the manufactured for no sound lab. That's my choice. You are, or should I say, building eighty seven? Building okay. eighty seven. And you I are am what? Absolutely I am what? correct. Top of our list of quietest places on earth yes. is the place described as quote where sound goes to die end quote. This Microsoft Research Dude, Lab. I want to. I want to go over there. Yeah, this yeah. Microsoft Research Lab in the city of Redmond, Virgi- uh, Redmond, Washington. Excuse me, is officially the quietest place on Earth according to Guinness World Records. So there we go, Gary. You uh, end the uh, you end awesome. the week on a winning note. Unfortunately, with your voice as it currently stands, you can't really give the note its full luster right now. But uh, I know one more week. Hopefully, we'll get there. Jeez. Yeah, let's oh. see. Or m- maybe I can go get some some type of cool surgery to have some type of superpower. I don't know what it would be, but oh, you know what? It, it would be like that that girl from the DC movies who scr- who screams really loud oh, yeah. and like bursts people. Yeah, Absolutely. it would be like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. I agree. All right, Gary, for podcast is emeritus gary boucher i'm philip amaran thank you so much for listening to this and all of our other episodes of gimme five and even chopped greens as a whole we have a bunch of previous films that we have reviewed in our past as well as other gimme five episodes some where gary has lost and some where he has had winning weeks just like this week congratulations once again gary here's a fun game go ahead and find the four episodes that i had a winning week and bring them back here we can review those oh yeah yeah we'll review our review of chopped grains uh, and the gimme five sounds like a grand old time thank you so much for listening make sure to find us on anywhere and everywhere that you find your podcasts whether that be apple podcasts spotify podcasts even google podcasts pretty much everywhere 
except for Pandora. Screw you, Pandora.